Welcome to OB Boss Babes, where we showcase female entrepreneurs, working professionals, community builders, and boss babe biz owners that share their stories so that others can feel inspired, empowered, and connected to other women in business. We are the must-listen podcast for entrepreneurs throughout the Ottawa Valley, Lanark County, and the Pontiac. Here at our Boss Babes face behind the scenes, as we dive into real and brutally honest conversations about different industries, how women are smashing stereotypes, balancing motherhood, and are building successful businesses. This is OB Boss Babes. The township of Madawaska Valley is known for its natural beauty, heritage, culture, outdoor recreation, and exceptional quality of life for all residents and visitors. You can work, live and play within our boundaries and enjoy the beauty your way. And they're excited to support small businesses. When you shop in Madawaska Valley, your dollars stay in the community. And did you know that for every $100 spent at locally owned businesses, $68 will stay in your neighborhood? Small businesses are at the heart of our community. Help them with more than just shopping local. Buy a gift card, write reviews, and send referrals to their door or website. Word of mouth is the best advertising you can buy and a great way to bring in new customers. It's time you visited Madawaska Valley to see if you too will stay for a lifetime. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OV Boss Babes podcast. It's that time of year again, folks, tax season. And for a lot of my entrepreneur listeners, we all know that running a business is a lot of work and naturally you want to keep as much as what you make possible. But instead of gathering that shoebox filled with receipts and sifting through your invoices to ensure that everything is accounted for, why not leave it to a reliable accounting and tax service boss, babe, who aims to help businesses excel in organization and function and will offer a great support to all of your personal and business needs while also providing us with some great tax tips so that you can feel confident getting your finances on track. Please welcome Laura Stevens from Valley Accounting and Tax in the heart of Madawaska Valley. Hello, everyone. How are you today, Holly? I'm so good. Welcome to OB Boss Babes. I feel like thank this is you. a long time coming. Yes, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm such a fan of what you do. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to get into taxes and filing and deadlines and everything, which is really funny, Laura, that like I would say that, but I get really fired up talking to women in business about finances and taxes and, and money it's just, it's such an empowering feeling for me. And so I always want to kind of like exude that off to my listeners because for a lot of it and a lot of people, it can be boring and people don't like hearing about it. <laughs> that is a hundred percent correct. Uh, you know, people ask me who I am and what I do. And I tell people I'm an accountant and, um, and work at a, I own an accounting and tax firm and, um, people don't really have any follow-up questions for me unless, uh, they do have personal uh, tax or business related questions. It just kind of leaves the room a little dry. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, but we're going to make it fun. Cause like, this yeah. is what we're all about and, and it can be fun, right, Laura? That's correct. And that's, you know, we are, I like to pride ourselves here at our firm is uh, my business partner, Nicholas McLeod and myself are, are really uh, we're characters, you know, uh, we, we keep it fun. We're young, we're hip, we're excited for people and their business to grow. So uh, when you come in to the office, there's a, 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 an energy here uh, that we like to basically uh, get you get you excited um, for your business and and to get uh, uh, focused on, on what you, what you want to do for yourself. And, um, and, and we like to add fun to it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we don't want to, we don't want to be that boring accounting firm. We want to have uh, uh, fun with our clients. Yeah. Well, a little backstory too, Laura, I actually used to work in an accounting firm for about a year out in Ottawa. It's called Logan cats. Shout out to okay. them. And nice. they were so fun. Like accountants, like people yeah. think that accountants are boring, but these guys really know how to like take things up a notch, especially after tax season. And they know how to party. <laughs> we know how to party. We know how to laugh. We are loud and boisterous and fun, you know, uh, and, and, you know, and yes, we, we are right across the street from uh, the Balmoral Hotel Bistro and, uh, and bar. Uh, and, and we are always over there taking clients over, taking our staff over, 
um, having an after uh, an after work uh, uh, drink. So so people definitely know us over over on that over in that <laughs> establishment, and uh, and they know us over here as well uh, to be that um, that that fun fun group of people. That's for sure. All right, Laura. Well, let's get down to business here because you have over 25 years of combined experience in management in payroll and bookkeeping, but let's go back to your time in school. Were you always like strong in mathematics? So that's a funny question. So I actually never dreamt of being an accountant, an accountant. That was something I never was never on my radar. Um, yes, I was good in math. Uh, very good at math. However, I never applied myself in it. Um, I mean, originally I wanted to get into music theater, which is so funny to think about that. Um, and even in Toronto, I was in the music industry for a little bit, um, but I ended up not pursuing anything in math and and not taking any courses in math or accounting until much later on in my life. And my dad, uh, who's an engineer and is very good in math as well too, maybe that's where I get it from, uh, would always uh, sort of roll his eyes at me because uh, he knew my abilities, uh, but I don't, I, I didn't, of course, uh, I always on the side was in uh, office uh, management and, um, and uh, accounting or, or finance, um, sort of on this, uh, like, that was my day-to-day -day career, uh, but my love has always been, uh, like, singing, acting, dancing. After doing a deep dive into my research, Laura, I saw that you started off in office admin, slowly working your way up the corporate ladder and then working in management and then becoming a financial services officer at Our Lady Seat of Wisdom College out in Barry's Bay. So how, how did your career path lead you then to working in financing and accounting? Yeah, so I actually grew up, uh, my parents owned and operated two international businesses. Uh, and I helped them in their offices since I was, I mean, even as early as like 12. Um, and and I, I was always answering phones and filing paperwork. And my mom was always talking to me about how she would do things. She was always good at communicating as she was going along about what she was doing. Um, and I watched my parents go on business trips, travel around the world, uh, 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 do those types of things. And I, I would go in for trips to Toronto uh, with my dad when he would go and pick up supplies for his company. Um, and I just loved the city lifestyle. Um, I, when I moved to Toronto, um, I was easily able to get jobs in offices. I actually first started off in Nine West, working for Nine West Canada, which was Shearson Marketing at the age of 18. So I, when I was working there, I just kind of hopped into uh, working in, in offices ever since then. And most of the times when you're working in offices, um, almost, al almost always, it deals in bookkeeping and payroll. Um, I also found myself working in financial planning for a little while when I, was, uh, when I moved out to Whitby. Um, and we did taxes for our clients. So I'm used to wielding the flow of tax paperwork. And I was there for about almost five years. Um, and then when I moved back up to the area up here, um, I started working at uh, Our Lady Seed of Wisdom College in the finance department. Uh, and they really took a liking to me and they wanted to groom me to become their director of finance. So they ended up putting me into online university uh, to achieve my Bachelor of Commerce in Accounting. Now, the side story there is that when I applied to uh, Athabasca University, uh, to to take my Bachelor of Commerce in Accounting, they had never seen anything like uh, like myself when I had applied because I was basically working in the role that you would go to school for. Right. Um, and so they offered to skip me almost half of my schooling. Uh, but office paperwork, procedures, computer programs, they've always come naturally to me. Laura, when did you realize that you wanted to help clients achieve their personal tax goals and go into business yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's actually not about the personal tax clients. My, the, the, the split between myself and my business partner is, is he's actually the tax guru. Um, I am the one that handles the business clients. So I train uh, new business owners and their office staff on how to simplify their offices. I organize our office here and our clients um, as they come in the door. And um, I help business owners run payroll, organize their books, uh, I have decades of, of experience being sort of the right-hand man to the head honcho um, and have seen their needs and helped solve almost like all of, all of the office-related uh, challenges. So um, that's always been sort of my 
passion uh, when it comes to this business. Now, uh, my business partner and I met um, in the very same finance department at the college, actually, back in, I think he came in in just early 2020. Um, and we, I mean, we hit it off. Uh, Nick has a, a Bachelor of Commerce in Accounting and a Bachelor of Commerce in Managing uh, people and organizations, as well as um, he is a licensee of the Law Society of Ontario. Um, uh, he he does work in criminal uh, uh, small claims and in landlord tenants. So we were like, wow, if we got together and and put it, and started up a business, it would just it would be such a great offering uh, for people in this area uh, and, uh, and businesses in this area. Um, and and so we had kind of sat back and worked for a couple of years together at the college. Um, and on the side, I was taking some bookkeeping clients and I was working for a bookkeeper and tax preparer in the area, Jackie Rakoski, uh, for balance from balance bookkeeping. And uh, and she needed to retire uh, due to uh, quite a few uh, things that were going on in her life. And she was like, look, I just need to, to walk away here. Can I just give you my book of clients? And so she uh, really was the person to give us that leg up to get a good client base, to get going. Um, and so I definitely credit her for um, uh, for allowing us to have that step forward. Um, and we were... Uh, able to open up the uh, accounting firm in um, a building uh, that Richard Robbins owns, who's another accountant in town, but he's he's uh, sort of winding down his career now. Um, and, uh, and, and my business partner is friends with him. So we're actually in a building that Richard owns um, and right across the street from Richard's accounting firm. And people in town always think, why the heck did you guys get in his building across mm-hmm him as his competition but it's just that my business partner and and uh, uh, Richard Robbins have a have a really great relationship and so uh, we got in there uh, we got in here at a good time um, now I always wanted uh, to be my own boss um, I mean I have on- entrepreneurial blood coursing through my veins um, <laughs> I, I, I mentioned like both my parents owned two international businesses and my mom still continues to uh, to work in real estate Kathy Pitts from Remax um, country classics uh, here in town. Um, and so, uh, so I shout out to my mom because, uh, you know, my mom is definitely the person who has sort of, um, who I've watched throughout the years. She's kind of an original uh, uh, Ottawa Valley boss, babe. She's been doing this for so long. Um, and so uh, she was the one that has really groomed me and, and has been my mentor uh, watching her do the work that she's done. Um, but also my grandparents, um, Grew, uh, grew up uh, in this area and both owned businesses in this area as well too on both sides my my dad's parents owned a resort on hinterland beach um uh carl and helen pitts and my my mom's parents agnes and eddie coolis owned a restaurant and hotel in cumbermere my roots run deep here when it comes to uh uh living in the area and also understanding business uh in this area Laura, I loved hearing this story so much, especially with the way that basically you and your business partner were meant to go down this path together and the way that everything ended up falling into place. These other business owners ended up kind of like carving your path to be like, okay, like everything ended up aligning. That's so cool. Cause I'm, I'm just, I'm always interested to hear how people decide to like make that first step and then just like plunge into business themselves. And then the fact that that former bookkeeper also was able to kind of like hand over all of her clients as well. Like that worked out so well. Yeah. I mean, we really helped her out in a time of need and she helped us out in a time Mm -hmm. of need. It was so beautiful how that, how that um, uh, relationship worked out. Um, And as well as, you know, yes, uh, it, it, my business partner and I, it was, this was all for a reason. You know, uh, and, and since then we have just, everything has come naturally and has come easy to us. And we both complement each other so well. Um, you know, what he does, I don't. And what I do, he doesn't. Um, you know, and if I can't, if I can't do it, or sorry, if, if he can't do it, I will. And if I don't know the answer to it, he does. Amazing. That's a great yeah. partnership. Yeah. All right, Laura, let's get into it now. I want to know what is the difference between an accountant and a bookkeeper? 
Bookkeepers handle the day-to-day -day tasks of recording financial transactions, while accountants provide insight and analysis on the data and generate accounting records. So for instance, I mean, at, at our firm, I, I am actually what we would call like the senior bookkeeper. And I have two other bookkeepers who do the main bulk of the data entry. And I double check everything and communicate to the business owners our questions that we may have as we've done their reconciliations or um, answer questions that the owners might have about their own um, uh, uh, entries and their own bookkeeping. Now, my business partner is the senior accountant. So, uh, I mean, we add such a, a higher level of service here uh, because uh, we have, um, uh, we don't just, we aren't just an accounting and tax firm, but we have office management. Uh, managing businesses and organizations, uh, and we have tax, tax and law as well behind us. So we have quite a vast array of offerings for our clients, and we don't tend to charge uh, for our consultations and our appointments. If you're a business owner, Laura, do you need to outsource both an accountant and a bookkeeper? I would say that, yes, you should always have an accountant um, because uh, anybody that's opening a business, I highly recommend the first thing you do is to call an accounting firm and say, hey, I'm opening up a business. What do I need? I mean, we offer free appointments for clients that are just opening up businesses to come in to sit down with us or do Google Meet because we, uh, we, we meet with clients all over from Ottawa to Montreal to Toronto to even out to Calgary. Um, and we do Google Meet appointments where if you're a new business, you want to have some questions, you, you contact us and we kind of help you from ground zero uh, to get your business going in the sense of the accounting world and even running the business itself. Um, so an accounting firm is key uh, for business owners when they first want to start up a business so that they don't start doing things incorrectly from the get-go. It is much easier to start your business properly than it is to do it incorrectly and go back and fix things. As for bookkeeping, now I train a, a, a lot of business owners on bookkeeping. So I, I will uh, uh, give them, it depends on the extent of bookkeeping that's involved. Sometimes it's an Excel spreadsheet that you really only need. You know, you really only need to, to, to put, plug in some information on an Excel spreadsheet because it's not that complicated of bookkeeping. Um, and, then, and then sometimes it is complicated of bookkeeping and you need to go all the way up to the full accounting cycle and do reconciliations. Um, and in, when you're doing reconciliations is when you would definitely want to be using a program. Um, and then at that point, I again, 100% suggest reaching out to an accounting firm to help you at least get set up on those programs. Because a lot of the times, if you don't set yourself up on the program properly first, uh, on the back end, you end up screwing things up and mm -hmm. it costs you more money in the long run to fix them, or you're actually, you're actually reporting completely incorrectly. Yeah. So yeah, you can do your bookkeeping. I don't recommend trying to be your own accountant. I know exactly what you mean, Laura, because from someone who decided to go down that path myself, all by myself, I entered every single expense and income and receipt into Excel. And I did not have any idea what I, what I was doing. And I went to my, my accountant and I went, okay, here's all my stuff. And away you go. And he was like, Holly, this is not what we do. Like I literally sent him my Excel file and I was yeah. like, here's my shoebox. He's like, no, like, this is not, no, 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 no. This is not what we're doing. So I, and I ended up going through enterprise Denver County starter company plus program, little shout out to them because yeah. they got me on QuickBooks and now I'm able to like, understand how that works and everything's entered properly. It just, it's a lot less messy. Yes, correct. And we give, um, uh, if a client is a client where we don't think they need to actually utilize pay for a program, um, we actually give uh, them an Excel spreadsheet that we would use in the office. And that makes it so much easier because they, they just follow along the spreadsheet that we use um, and then hand it back to us at the year at the year end so we can do their financial statements and, and file their taxes. That's the thing, like uh, you, you need an accountant to, uh, to compile and and enter your financial statements into your tax filings. Um, and you really should have one double checking everything because here's the issue is if you don't do this correctly, 
and the CRA gets flagged, they will definitely flag certain things and we know what gets flagged and what doesn't. Um, uh, we actually had a client where we told them, you're going to get audited by the CRA if you file it this way. And they said, okay. And they filed it. And sure enough, they got audited by the CRA. So uh. we know what gets flagged, what doesn't. And when the CRA does audit you, you kind of, I say it's winning the, 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 the audit lottery. Um, once they audit you once, they might just continue to audit you for the next three years until they feel that, um, that they uh, are satisfied. And the thing is, is uh, do you want to not pay somebody to do it correctly, but then get caught by the CRA and have mm -hmm. to pay way more to, to go through the audit and get the audit done correctly and then have to then fix everything. And then you're scared at that point to do your own bookkeeping. So you end up going to have to do your own bookkeeping and your own accounting any, or you're going to pay somebody to do the bookkeeping and the accounting anyways. Yeah, exactly. Just get it right and done the first time. And then you won't exactly. get audited, or at least hopefully, hopefully not audited. <laughs> exactly. Now, early stage entrepreneurs that are seeking the help of an accountant often don't know what to ask for or where to start. And we've kind of established that, Laura, because we go into business, we don't know what we're doing. And then, like I was saying, they'll come into your office with a stack full of receipts and invoices and bank statements and a whole lot of questions. Yeah. So, what does the process look like for a new client and what kind of documents should they be bringing to that first meeting with you? Yes. Yeah, so, so the great thing is, is there's no pressure uh, for us when you want to have a, a, a first appointment. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, business owners come just to come and meet us and have a coffee and talk to us about what their goals are, what their dreams are for their business. And then we can help facilitate that and talk to them about what they need to get started on. Um, a, a lot of times some business owners that have already been established will bring us, you know, financial statements or uh, their books and let us have a look at, you know, what they've got going on so far. Um, maybe some of the times they bring in communications from the CRA, they're going, what the heck, we got this letter from the CRA, we don't know what this is, uh, you know, so, so they'll bring in those types of things that that we would then look over and, and help answer the questions for them. Uh, personal tax clients, when they come in, we actually don't have them come in for appointments unless there's some complicated stuff involving like the like capital gains or a death in the family and those types of things. Uh, we definitely see you in-house prior to filing your tax paperwork, um, but new tax clients come in and just bring in their tax paperwork and their last filed taxes so we can get carryovers, which is a very important thing. We need your last filed taxes if we've never seen you before. Um, our regular clients just come in and drop taxes off at this time of year. And then what we actually do is have a meeting after the fact when they're when we're ready to file their pet paperwork we have them come in and we review their paperwork with them before we file it with the government um and then at that time my business partner also uh, adds in their personal finances and and uh, what he sees if he sees anything that could help going forward all right laura what is a cash flow and why are they important for both individuals as well as entrepreneurs so, I mean, cash is the physical dollars that you have on hand. Um, and, you know, as I say, cash is king. Um, and ensuring you have enough cash available is definitely the name of the game in personal uh, finances and, and or business. Uh, for individuals, it's all about understanding your personal finances. Uh, so many people, uh, they get so panicked about their personal finances, but a lot of it is just actually just knowing your personal finances, um, you know, finding out what you make versus what you spend and creating a budget to work around it, uh, investing your money properly to grow it. You know, um, a financial planner can help with that. Um, you know, we can, we can uh, have a lot of insight when it comes to, to tax filings um, on that aspect. Um, but with businesses, you know, cash flow, those types of things, that's where we come in. And that's where accounting and tax firms come in. Uh, you know, my business partner always says that accounting is a language. And I love that. Uh, uh, we can help businesses, uh, business owners to see the bigger picture of what they are making versus what they're spending, uh, then give advice on raising prices or cutting costs and how to go about it. Um, I'm all about efficiency as well. So focusing, uh, so that's my focus on the meetings, like helping uh, people find a way to make their business more efficient, which also the efficiency will also help eventually with cash flow because you're, I'm always trying to find ways for business owners to cut costs 
on on even our billing. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but uh, you know um, we have a lot of clients as it is, so that's not are not in our prime concern never is making money. It's about actually uh, being of service in the area here. Um, so I'm always helping clients cut corners uh, to, to save on costs so that they can have that cash on hand. When I used to work for the financial planner, the, he always used to say, um, you know, make sure you have a rainy day fund. And same goes for business. You know, what happens if, you know, something should happen where you need to drop you know, a thousand to two thousand dollars. Do you have that saved mm-hmm. up somewhere in a rainy day fund? Um, those things are really important um, uh, to have. So, what are some examples of business expenses that biz owners might not be aware of that can be tax write-offs? One of the biggest ones, actually, and I find this actually shocking that this would be something that people would forget was is actually home office expenses, um, sole proprietorships, uh, as in small businesses that are not incorporated. Uh, so people that are filing personal tax filings that have small business income, they always forget that they, if they have a home office, you can write off more than just your phone and your internet. You can write off a percentage of your home's utilities, property taxes, rent, insurance. Um, but on the flip side of that, if you are incorporated, you actually lose the capability of claiming home office expenses because the business now is now its own entity. Um, but again, uh, if you have a good accounting firm working on your side, you shouldn't be missing any items. Your accounting firm should be catching these things and bringing them to your attention because they are they are double checking your your uh your financial statements and what you have submitted to us so we should be able to say hey in your business in your field are you not doing this and you should be tallying this up so that you are getting your maximum income tax credits next i want to talk about e-commerce because i know a lot of business owners that are listening they're using shopify paypal etsy eventbrite so What are some key facts that every e-commerce business, Laura, should know about with paying taxes? Yes. Okay. So the biggest thing to know always is to, is your fees. Um, When you're using these types of, of, of programs, there's fees involved. So it always is good to, to factor in your fees. Um, You want to compare them first with, with, with taking uh, other online payments. So it is always good that if you're going to use a payment processor or, uh, or an e-commerce platform that you are checking the fees and knowing and comparing fees. I always say when you're comparing anything, even, you know, purchases for uh, insurance or, 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 uh, or, or benefits plans or whatever, that you're getting three quotes from three different companies. So I always say that that's your best goal. Get three different quotes from three different companies if you're trying to use certain things for certain for certain reasons. Now, whether you're e-commerce or bricks and mortar and everything in between, uh, we need to understand that not everything hits your bank account is your money. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. 13% is HST owing to the government if you are a registrant and about 30 to 50% could potentially go to income taxes. So minus fees, HSTs, and income taxes is actually going to be your revenue. And those are things that, again, we can help with or programs can help with so that you can see, um, you know, what is actually going to be uh, your profit at the end of the year. Because there's a big difference between revenue and what your actual profit is. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We're going to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Agnew Renovations offers quality home renovations at affordable prices. Family owned and operated since 2016. Decks, additions, new builds or painting, no job is too big or too small. If you want honest, affordable quality work, give Steve a call at 613-639-5971 or check out our Agnew Renovations Facebook page to see our work. We look forward to hearing from you. And Micah Chartrand, sales representative with Royal LePage Team Realty here in Barry's Bay. Don't wait for spring. List today. Right now, there's very little inventory in the market, which is resulting in better sales prices for your home. If you've been thinking about listing, call my office today and set up an appointment 
for a custom comparative market analysis. It's absolutely free. There's no cost to you to find out what your home value could be. And it's probably worth more than you think it is. And like a Chartron, sales representative with Royal Page Team Realty. Go with who you know. Did you know that there is a wellness and community hub in Canada that provides a variety of services and classes for the whole family? At Rooted Family Wellness Centre, we understand that there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to wellness and health, which is why we offer a wide range of wellness services and classes that cater to your individual journey. These services include massage therapy, chiropractic care, osteopathy, naturopathy, pelvic floor physiotherapy, and mental health services who also work alongside specialists in nutrition, lactation, sleep, and reflexology. We also offer classes, workshops, and meetups tailored to families at each stage of their birthing and parenting journey. To learn more, please visit our website at rootedfamily.ca so we can help you get rooted in wellness. Hey, it's Sylvie from Picket Fence Renfrew, and you're listening to the OV Boss Babes podcast with your host, Holly Moliner. Next, Laura, I want to talk about charging tax, which I'm tuning in for because this is going to be my first year paying HST. So oh, congratulations. Thank you. you. Hit the threshold. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it is exciting, but I'm not looking forward to having to pay back my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> but when should a business start charging tax? Yeah. So again, it's actually not based on a calendar year. Everyone always thinks, okay, if it's within the calendar year, okay, now I, I've reached a, a, the 30,000 threshold. No, it's actually based on calendar quarters. So what that's basically saying is that at any given 12 month period, should you go over the 30,000, you are no longer classified as a small supplier, which is below the 30,000. Um, and you must register for the HST and start collecting HST. So when you do, when that does happen, you just need to give the CRA a phone call and say, hi, I, I am now reaching the $30,000 uh, limit. Uh, uh, I am no longer a small supplier. I need to register for an HST number. Here is my business number. And then uh, they will then put your RT0001 account on the end. That's your HST number. People always wonder what those numbers are at the end. And as for not reaching that threshold, you can actually volunteer to be an HST registrant whenever you like. You don't have to be even making money to actually call the call the CRA and say, I want to start regist registering for HST. Um, but then it's a lot more work to keep track of your income tax credits, uh, your report uh, your, and report your numbers, um, as you're, I'm sure, finding out. But the problem is, is it's um, it's a lot of work. Um, when it comes to uh, to being an HST registrant, uh, you have to um, you know to keep track of your income tax credits. So that's all the HST that you uh, pay on on purchases, um, and then you also have to keep track of your HST charged out to your clients. Um, and then at the end, and then you have to become a quarterly or an annual filer. Now, I 100% say that if you are a small business uh, and you're only just reaching that $30,000 mark, that you only be an annual filer. Quarterly filing comes with, and so does annually, but quarterly comes four times a year where you, if you don't file within those periods, there is a penalty um, and interest in arrears on, on filing uh, for your HST. Sorry, there's no penalty. That's a correction. There's no penalty, but there's interest in arrears on the amount that you would have owed an HST throughout the throughout each quarter so it is better to be an annual filer because then you're only handling hsc once throughout the year if you are really booming a really booming business you're like you know 80 to 100 thousand dollars in sales in within the year i do recommend um uh, uh maybe going quarterly you don't have to necessarily file quarterly you could actually every quarter look into your HST and put that money aside because the problem with HST is business owners forget that 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 there is a 13% of what they're making needs to be put aside for mm -hmm. filing. Um, so so we always say to the business owners that are having some big dollar tickets is you take that 13%, you put it into a savings account throughout the year, and then 
you know, let that grow a little bit if it's a high yield, even though there's not much such thing as high yield savings accounts much anymore. But, you know, um, if it's a high yield savings account, you can actually maybe grow it a little like maybe a hundred bucks throughout the year. um, uh, And then and then be able to pay your HST worry free rather than getting shocked with that big dollar ticket at the end of the year or end of the quarter. Now, what if they have an HST number? And they charge tax, Laura, but they didn't make 30,000 or anywhere around that threshold. So, I mean, it's still the same. You're still just reporting to the HST, you're reporting your HST every annually or quarterly. Um, Because you are a registrant, you now need to report whatever you have in the sense of whatever you charge in HST and whatever you received in ITC credits. Now, is it mandatory that you register for an HST number if you've made over 30,000 for one year? Yes. And the CRA will catch you if you haven't. Uh, uh, when you file your taxes and they say, oh, this was over 30,000, they're going to send you a letter and they're going to say you're now to become an HST registrant. It is better to be upfront with it rather than have to deal with it later. Interesting. Okay. All right. Let's shift gears and talk about mileage next, Laura. Is yes. mileage reimbursement taxable income? Yes. So, Okay, so we get a lot of these questions when it comes to mileage. Um, and it, this is also an it depends question. Um, um, and vehicles are really complicated. So, um, you know, if you are being reimbursed by a company for your mileage, you can't claim your vehicle expenses separately. So, so the company is reimbursing you. You can only just claim what the company issued you in the sense of the reimbursement, and that's it. Um, if you are not using a vehicle for business or maybe just a few small trips a year, then it's not something you should claim or maybe even want to claim because um, as like the time and the cost may outweigh the small, very small amount you will get in a return based off of your tiny percentage for claiming your vehicle use. Um, so that's something to consider. Um, those that, reg- that use a vehicle regularly rarely keep track of a vehicle correctly. Uh, The CRA is actually very specific about the log that they request. We have quite a few clients that are getting audited uh, for vehicles and the CRA does not accept their logs. Now, we just really say the easiest thing to do is take your odometer reading at the start of the year and your odometer reading at the end of the year and then just record your trips per trip. And it has to be per trip and they want to see the date you did the trip the uh, either the place you went to the, the place you left to and went to or the reason for the travel and then the total kilometers driven and at the very end of the year they want that total amount uh, tallied up and then that becomes your uh, uh, your vehicle percentage based off the odometer reading at the start and the end of the year um, some logs have odometer readings per trip but I mean that is just honestly I mean that I don't do that. I've never done that even when I had a business where I would have to keep track of my vehicle. Um, And so there are apps um, that can help with these things. Um, There, you're you're actually, any device you use, whether it's a a, a Google Pixel, a Samsung or an iPhone, if you go to your app store and you type in mileage tracker, they should come up with quite a few. Now there is one called mileage tracker that's pretty good. Um, uh, other than that, actually, people don't realize that Google Maps itself does actual tracking for you. There is, if you Google it online, there's actually a place where you can go and Google has actually kept track of your trips. They're actually keeping track of where you're going throughout the entire year, which is actually quite scary. Um, they're watching where you travel. Um, and <laughs> Everyone's so watching us nowadays. Doesn't matter exactly. what app you're on. Everyone, yeah, yeah, the government's watching us. Exactly. So, so Google Maps does do that. So um, the other one is, is, I mean, if you're using QuickBooks online, it actually has a built-in version on their, on their phone app that keeps track of your, of your trips as well, too, which is really um, uh, advantageous because if you're using QuickBooks online already, um, then you're already paying for the program and it, and it sinks into the, into the program. So, so that one is a really good option. Um, but again, like, I mean, tracking trips is, it, we, let's, let's face it, it's, it's, hard and it's annoying and not very many people do it correctly but if should you get audited by the CRA um again we have had clients that have gotten audited by the CRA and uh and unfortunately they will audit you know I've had a client that's got audited for the past three years since they got audited once and their their vehicle log was incorrect 
So Laura, how can business owners claim mileage and car expenses at tax time? Because there tends to be the confusion around trying to differentiate the two. Um, the mileage is keeping track so that you can get a percentage at the very end of the year. As I said, um, uh, odometer reading at the start of the year, odometer reading at the end of the year, tracking your trips and you get the total amount of CAMs that you, uh, that you traveled minus the odometer reading gives you your percentage of what you can then claim based of, off of all of your vehicle expenses. So you do need to separately keep track of your gas, your repairs, uh, your oil changes, anything revolving around your actual vehicle itself, you can put under a vehicle category in whatever program or Excel sheet you're using. It can all go in the same category as long as it's always strictly for that vehicle. And then it tallies up at the end of the year. And then we just literally take the percentage from the vehicle log to then claim your percentage that you can use off of uh, the amounts that you've tallied up for your vehicle uh, for your for your vehicle expenses. So you actually do have to do both. Um, however, it should you incorporate. Um, and again, we don't actually recommend a lot of small businesses to incorporate. There's a lot of stigma around. Um, uh, 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 there's a lot of stigma around uh, limited liability and those types of things that the corporation can do for you. Now, I can talk on that a little bit later, or if somebody wants to call me about those types of questions and come in and see Nick and I, we can explain those types of things. But when you incorporate, you actually also cannot claim your vehicle use. So you can't claim your home office use and you can't claim your vehicle use um, because uh, the business is its own entity. Unless the business has purchased the vehicle, the corporation then can claim the vehicle use. Uh, you can you can tally up your mileage. And so in that case, you'd still be using your vehicle log to tally up your mileage and then giving yourself a reimbursement based off of the percentage that the CRA uses. I think it's 63 cents. I can't remember the exact number now um, uh, per per kilometer. You can give yourself a reimbursement on that side. But but, but there is a difference between sole proprietorships and incorporations when it comes to vehicle use and how to do it. And so, again, that's something I would 100% make sure you're doing correctly and that you're asking your accountant on that. So accounting, payroll, expenses, invoicing, just having your books in any order, it can be a nightmare for any business owner, Laura, especially if you're not using the right tools, the software, yeah. or having the right people like yourselves in your corner who are going to help you stay balanced. So for business owners that are listening to this right now, but they don't want to invest in an accountant or bookkeeper, they're silly, silly people. If you guys are doing this themselves <laughs> and they decide that they want to go down that path themselves, then which programs would you recommend? Yeah. So I touched on this in the sense of like, if you're a small enough business and it's just an Excel spreadsheet, go for that. Please do. Don't try to buy yourself a expense, crazy expensive accounting program the, the, or, or even just a free app. It just, I mean, the easiest thing to do is wield an Excel spreadsheet. We can give you one. It takes seconds to just enter this kind of stuff and then send it off to your accountant end of the year. Don't overcomplicate it. If you want to do a full accounting cycle, meaning you know, you're, you need some place to invoice clients, you need some place to record your, uh, uh, your expenses, and then you want to reconcile your business bank accounts, then yes, we 100% say uh, that you go with the program. Now, we don't actually recommend actual physical computer programs anymore. Everything is going to the cloud and online, even QuickBooks and Sage, uh, they're trying to push you to go online. So when it comes to online programs, the number one go-to for us is QuickBooks Online. Most of our, almost all actually of our clients are on that. Uh, the problem with the free apps and other, you know, cloud-based offerings is that they don't have all the capabilities that the programs designed for accounting actually have. So it can end up costing you money, more money, if the accounting firm doesn't know that new, hey, you know, that new app that they have online. Well, if, account, if you're sending it over to an accounting firm, they might not know how to wield it. Um, so you end up costing yourself more money in the long run. And QuickBooks Online communicates directly to, um, uh, to the accounting firm. Now, we have the accounting firm version of QuickBooks. And because we have um, an accounting firm version, we actually offer discounted rates for our clients. So we can actually get you half of what you would pay for QuickBooks by actually letting us what's called transferring your billing to us. And if you transfer your billing to us, we can get you half the cost of what you're paying for QuickBooks. So it's actually $27 
plus HST that we would charge you. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a much better offering. And again, we then have access to your QuickBooks. Now, um, uh, I, uh, I highly recommend that if you would like to do your own books again, to reach out to somebody, but again, it's a, again, when it comes to, um, having, making sure that you have it all entered properly, um, you know, you don't want to go down the road where you don't have it entered properly. And then you submit something to the CRA incorrectly, and then you need to get audited and go back and fix and do, and it's just a mess. So, so yeah, so when it comes to the programs, we can always help with those types of things. Um, and, um, and we can also give out an Excel spreadsheet that would be something you would use because do you want to waste your time and money on using a program? Um, uh, it's not always advantageous. Laura, these are some great tips, great advice. I love it. And I love the fact that you guys have, are offering this, um, like this discounted services with, with QuickBooks to your clients. I think like that's a win-win for everybody. Correct. Yeah. And you know, QuickBooks does it because, you know, we're an accounting firm. So it's almost like they want us to sell their product. Um, you know, uh, there is, there is some other types of online, like Sage, Sage does have its online version and we we're familiar with it. And there's a new one that's come out Oracle. Uh, but I need, uh, you want to go with the one that's time tested and true. And the one that, uh, most accounting firms are familiar with so that if you do end up having to send something over to them or allowing them to gain access to your books, that they know what they're doing in them. Mm-hmm. Laura, I love that you're helping your clients feel informed, understand why they have to file things correctly and by the appropriate deadline so that they feel financially empowered. And you've provided some really great resources and tips during our conversation today. But how can more women feel financially empowered to create healthy financial habits and goals, both personally and professionally in in their business? I love this question. I absolutely love this question because I am a big supporter of, of the woman, right? Like I am one. And, um, and, uh, and, and I have to say, like, I mean, I, I find that most women in business and we have a, 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 a massive amount of women in business, even in the, in the town of Barry's Bay alone that we are in, um, uh, even, and, and I find that they're excelling as of late. Like, I mean, we have this built-in gift of multitasking and organ and organization uh, that, um, you know, uh, is almost ingrained in us, even as we become mothers, at, you know? Um, so, I mean, I think what you're doing, Holly, is a huge step in the right direction. I mean, building community and awareness. I'm a huge fan of what you do and, and the events that you're putting on. I think these things are so important. I also really like um, uh, the She's in Business Ottawa Valley uh, Facebook group. I think this, that's a fantastic group. Um, if you're a woman in business in the area, I highly recommend getting on there to connect and network with other women in business. There's some really great questions that people ask um, uh, on that. And it's a, and it's a great community. Uh, I mean, as for what we need to watch out for as women, uh, uh, and definitely myself included, is overdoing it. Uh, you know, talking to, taking on too much and burning out. I'm a single mother and I run a very busy business. So I'm trying to focus right now on balancing my schedule and taking time for myself. I think that's really important um, and something that we all need to check in on. Love it. Love it, Laura. That's so true. Um, yes, I, I definitely recommend joining the She's in Business Facebook group as well. I echo that because it's just such a great resource to, to help one another, empower one another, great to ask questions, and, and really just to kind of be a cheerleader to cheer everybody else on. Yeah. Laura, before we wrap this conversation up, though, we are going to dip into my rapid 10. So I do have a couple more financial questions for you. Sure. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's dive in. What is a write-off in accounting? Certain write-offs actually can be uh, your expenses. Um, you know, uh, uh, the expenses that the, the company in- incurs. And so anything that really goes against your income is things that we call write-offs. So, so you know, expenses, assets, things that we can, um, uh, those things are really helpful. And again, um, and to keep track of uh, those. And that's really the, the meat and potatoes of why we are bookkeeping is so we can get those, uh, those business write-offs. True or false? My business didn't make any money, so I don't have to report anything, right? Ooh, so, so that's actually false in the sense of you should still report a zero filing so that the CRA does not ask 
and have a question about the business. The business is required every year to file. If it's a zero, if there's no income, just put no income. Uh, but you should definitely be putting that so that there's no question on the business uh, that is registered and running under the CRA's eyes. So I know it's not Tuesday, but tomorrow is. So what is your tax tip Tuesday? Ooh, okay. Uh, gosh, that is definitely putting me on the spot here. I, <laughs> um, so tax tip Tuesday is um, is to always make sure that you have everything you need to hand in to your tax preparer prior to handing it in. Um, there are great resources online. Um, uh, we, we also send out to all of our clients um, a, a, a tax letter every year. If you become a client at our office, we send a tax letter every year that has a checklist of everything that you need to send in to us. Um, and please do read through that and make sure you have it. The one that people always forget is property tax. Always, if you own a home, include your property tax um, because um, even if you make too much money and you're not going to be able to get your Ontario Trillium benefit, we still want to try to get that money for you. That's why you're handing in your property tax every year. And that's why we want to try. Uh, so if you do own a home, uh, do that as well as if anything does change, you really do need to let your accounting firm know, have you gotten married? Have you, have you separated or divorced? Have you had a child? Have you moved? Have you bought a home? And if you have, you need to give us sale documents. You need to give us um, uh, your your child's uh, date of birth, social insurance number, um, and full name. Um, and then you will also need to give us your new marital status. Those those changes need to be told over told to your uh, your tax preparer. What are this year's tax deadlines? Uh, tax deadlines for this year are actually because April thirty first uh, is actually over a weekend on May first. Um, is actually the final due date for all uh, uh, for all uh, personal tax clients. For uh, personal tax clients that have small businesses, aka sole proprietorships, they are due on June fifteenth. Oh, and for okay. uh, corporate clients, um, they are actually due six months after their fiscal year ends. So corporate clients have different fiscal years. Um, so that's not always the calendar year that is their year that they're filing for. So it depends on when their fiscal year ends. And then it's six months after that they have until they, they need to prepare and submit their taxes. Um, the, the due dates for, I can give you due dates in the sense of um, like HST. Uh, for If you're an annual filer, uh, you really have until March 31st uh, uh, to, to get that in and, and to pay it. Really, that's your, that's your best, that's your best date. Um, uh, but but yes, yeah, so the the personal tax clients are actually April 31st, but this year it's being actually May 1st because it ends on the Monday. So you have until May 1st this year. Um, and then the small business clients have until June 15th and the corporate is six months after fiscal year ends. Well, Laura, we kind of talked about getting audited earlier, but have you ever gotten audited by the CRA? I have not. No, I have not won that audit lottery and I'm very <laughs> thankful for it. But again, don't want to win that have, lottery. Yes, but I feel like we have because I mean we really back our clients, um, and and when our clients get audited, we're getting audited, right? Because we did that, we did the work for them. So so uh, so we're. But the great thing is, is because we are good at our jobs. You know, when the when the CRA says, "Let's see the numbers," we go, "Here you go." Uh, you know, and uh, and it's very rare that they come back with any any complaints or issues um, because we've done it correctly. And again, that's the most important part is doing it correctly, because if you don't um, and uh, they, they flag you and they might just audit you again next year. What's an important factor consider before incorporating? Yeah, so again, we when it comes to incorporation, we really only recommend that you would you would incorporate for reasons of legacy are, are an issue, are an issue uh, like, uh, you know, family members uh, gaining control of the company rather than paying capital gain. Um, so that's one. Uh, limited liability is kind of a, a farce, really. I mean, nowadays, the banks know that, it, that you're a corporation, so they want you to personally guarantee anything anyways. And if somebody wants to sue you, they can sue you through the business or they can sue you personally. Uh, incorporation is expensive. For instance, we only charge for a sole proprietorship, a small business tax filing, you know, 225, like 250 really with tax. 
on incorporation is we, we're actually on a lower end for incorporation filing number or amounts is we're, we, we charge $1,500 for an incorporation. So there's a massive, uh, uh, a higher, a higher amount that, that you would pay even just for us to do the accounting work. You might have uncashed checks from the CRA that you can cash in and deposit, but Laura, where would, where would we find this info? Actually, so um, there is this thing called the My, uh, my CRA account um, that people don't realize we actually have. And the, uh, the unfortunate part is the, the My CRA is trying to move everything as the accounting industry is online. Uh, so clients aren't receiving, um, even business clients aren't receiving much for mail outs anymore. Everything is going to your My CRA portal. And in the business side, it's called My Business CRA portal, um, where you would go in and view actually all of your, it is very advantageous to gain access to this because it's where you can see uh, what you're owing, if anything, to the CRA. If you have childcare benefits or any other disability benefits, that's all listed there for you. Your notice of assessments are all listed in there. Believe it or not, your T4 information, any of your T slips that were given to you, or also if they've been registered and sent out to the CRA, are actually in there that you can actually print out if you're missing them, uh, which is fantastic. Um, and that's really where the industry is going now. How long do you recommend holding onto our receipts for? We say the, say, the CRA can audit sort of back three years, but it's always good to keep it seven. Um, uh, and that's kind of, it's kind of a weird number. It's not really a, a, you must keep it back for seven years. Like the CRA is not going to come to your business and say, where's your filings all the way back for seven years and why isn't it here? Um, you know, uh, we just say seven so that you have that, that, uh, that, that number. And Laura, I ask every single one of my guests this question, but I mean, this one's a extra special because this Wednesday it's International Women's Day. So we really want to highlight someone that really inspires you that you think everyone should know about. Yeah. So I have to give a, a shout out to uh, my girl, Tracy Sabolsky, who owns Trends uh, Salon here in town. Um, we were actually just, uh, you and I were back and forth on on email uh, talking about uh, uh, getting her hair done. Um, and, and Tracy has been doing my hair since I moved back up to the area. But I also went to high school with Tracy. I've known Tracy for gosh, like, I don't want to age myself, but like at least 30 years, like uh, from, from, uh, from grade school and high school. And, uh, and she has been uh, uh, that girl has been working uh, at Trends. I don't even know how many years now. It's got to be well over. I mean, I maybe think like 15 years she's been at Trends Salon, um, and she she owns, she's the owner and operator, um, and they are booked solid all the time. And she had such a hard time. I felt so awful for the uh, women in the uh, uh, salon industries uh, when the pandemic happened, and she took that with grace and dignity, and she did her darndest. She had to push clients back months and months. And my heart went out to her. She would, she was just the sweetest person. She would reach out to me, Laura, I'm so sorry. I've got to push your appointment back. And I just, you know, and I, you know, what can you do? You just, you just do what you do. And she did what she did. And she, um, she's still on top and she's still doing great work over there and she's got great staff. Um, and I love her dearly. Love it. Great shout out, Laura. But let's bring it back to you now. So tell everybody where they can find Valley Accounting and Tax Services in Barry's Bay, your website, Facebook page. And I believe that's it, right? Because you guys aren't on Instagram. No, we don't do Instagram. Yeah. It's kind of hard as a tax firm to do Instagram because Instagram is kind of photo based. Like what do we do? Take photos of <laughs> what do you tend to take photos of? Like you don't want to like you have to be very careful what photos you're you're portraying even of our office here. We don't want to be showing any of our client information. Like client uh, uh, confidentiality is our number one uh, goal here. We, we, we talk to our staff about it, uh, 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 because Nick is in also in law, in the law industry. He, he, he is very, uh, uh, careful with those types of things and always reminds us of those types of things. Um, uh, if you do want to reach out to us, uh, uh, you know, it's valleyaccounting.ca. We have a contact, uh, form, a very simple contact form that you can fill out there. Our phone number, uh, is 613-756-6097. And then uh, our Facebook is Valley Accounting and Tax. Um, and we do tend to put up notices and tax tips up on there. Um, and people can reach out to us uh, through the messenger there if they, if they do want as well. Perfect. Well, Laura, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sit down and chat with me, all things finance, because 
let's be honest, tax season, it's coming up for you too, which means that you are going to be bombarded with clients. Either you're already busy right now, but we are in March. And so like time is ticking. And so, uh, yeah, we'll let you get back to it, but thank you so much for spending, uh, spending your time on OV boss babes with me. Oh yes, Holly. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Again, I'm such a fan of what you do. Um, and, uh, if anybody does want to reach out to us, uh, we'd be happy to uh, help you with your tax preparations or, or give you that advice that you need uh, to get your business going or even help you with your present business. Well, everybody, I hope that Laura's nuggets of financial wisdom will help you make better financial decisions. And hopefully some of her finance tips will help change the way that you think about finances and taxes and how you run your business. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of OB Boss Babes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on TikTok, as well as anywhere you're listening to this right now. We'll be back next week with another Boss Babe. So we are taking a break for International Women's Day as we are celebrating women in business and, and across all sectors, all industries on International Women's Day this Wednesday. So we will be skipping out on Boss Babe Corner, but you don't want to miss out on the fun. So be sure to watch our stories on Facebook and Instagram to see what we're all doing and how we are celebrating being a woman. 